0: If you've been trying to grow on YouTube, you have probably heard the advice to focus on SEO optimization and make videos that people are searching for. But I have a secret. All of that might not be quite as helpful as you think. Or at the very least, it's not the whole picture. It's important to note that YouTube is about slow and steady growth. But there are some strategies some that specifically I've been recently implementing that can really help accelerate your growth if you know how to use them. So today I'm going to share the strategy that helped me go from getting about 5,000 views per video back in March and April to now getting more like 20,000 views per video and sometimes even more. So let's dive into it. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or one million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. and welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast, my friends. I am so excited to be chatting with you about YouTube strategy this week. I know I say it a lot, but YouTube truly is my first love when it comes to social media. I have been consuming YouTube content since... Probably like 2006 or 2007, back when my home internet, when I obviously lived with my parents as a child out in the country, was still on dial up and it went so slowly that it took me like an hour to load the entirety of the Fergalicious music video. Yes, that's one of the first things that I remember watching on YouTube. But obviously, over the years, I started getting into watching lots of different creators, in it and it's And it inspired me to start creating for myself and really it's YouTube that has created this entire career for me. Everything from my content on Instagram to this podcast to my social media content creation agency, Creatorly, all of it originates from me starting that YouTube channel all those years ago. So needless to say, I'm super excited to share these recent revelations with you in terms of my strategy, what's been working for me, and hopefully what will work for you too. So we're gonna get into that in just a minute, but first I wanted to give a big shout out to the reviewer of the week. This review is titled, My Sign, and it was written by Saharna Waz. and they write, I always felt like I should be doing more. I knew I had potential and everyone around me said to pursue YouTube and content creation. I always told myself, yeah, when the time is right, Lately, I've been feeling like I need to do this now. The Creator Club podcast has really given me the confidence. I'm ready and I'm scripting my videos right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that kind review. It honestly makes my day when I hear that I've been able to give people that final push to go ahead and start their YouTube channel because... Like I was just saying, my YouTube channel has meant so much to me over the years, not just in terms of my career growth, but also in capturing some of my big memories through vlogs or, you know, just videos about my life along the way. So I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, chances are you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel because we're going to talk about what works on YouTube in terms of strategy in just a second. But I just want to take a quick moment to encourage you Go ahead and start because trust me, your future self is going to be really grateful that you took those first few difficult steps and created your channel and posted that first video. So thanks again for that review. That was super kind. And if you haven't left a review on the show yet, please go ahead and do so. I really, really appreciate all of the reviews and ratings that y'all leave. It's the best way that you can help to support the show. With that housekeeping and that little sentimentality out of the way, let's get into the practical side of today's episode, which is talking about YouTube strategy. So the first question that I want to return to is kind of what I teased in the intro there, and that is, Does SEO optimization really work for YouTube growth? The usual advice you hear about growing a YouTube channel is all about SEO and search. And here's the thing, it is true, it is helpful. YouTube is a search platform and actually it's a part of the biggest search engine in the world Yep, that's right, Google. YouTube is owned by Google, as many of us know. An article by Omnicore reported that in 2021, there were over 122 million daily active users on YouTube who consume more than a billion hours of video every day, making this platform one of the most widely used social media platforms and, of course, search engines in the entire world. So yes, targeting FAQs in your niche and using search keywords in your title and description can definitely help you grow a slow and steady audience interested in your expertise over time. But here's the thing, this is the little shortcoming of this strategy. And trust me, this is a strategy that I've been leaning into for a long, long time. SEO optimization and targeting search terms has always been my bread and butter on YouTube. But there is a little bit of a limitation to this strategy. I did a little digging in my analytics and I found that more than half of my own traffic on YouTube is not from search. And I've heard more generally that really the majority of YouTube traffic is not search based. And look, I think a lot of us can back this up just anecdotally with our own experience on YouTube. I can tell you personally, I don't spend a lot of time typing away in the search bar. Instead, YouTube knows what I like and it delivers it to me on a beautifully laid out white platter. Or, you know, black if you use dark mode. But I'm talking about the homepage. YouTube shows you what you want to see on your homepage or in your subscriptions. And that is kind of where most users start their journey on YouTube and start consuming content. The only time I really do a search for something is if I'm kind of looking to solve a very specific problem, like how to do something in After Effects or Premiere Pro, or if I'm looking for reviews on a product that I'm interested in, like say I'm looking to buy a new camera, I might look up a review on it. That's really it that's when I go to the search bar. I don't tend to head to the search bar looking for entertainment, and that might be the case for you too. So I think just by thinking about the way users spend time on YouTube, we can kind of conclude that search is effective, right? SEO optimization and really making sure your titles, description, tags, et cetera, are targeting things people are searching for, that is effective to an extent, it is going to reach the people that are looking to solve a problem, look for a specific tutorial, and it's gonna help you slowly build an audience of people looking for your expertise. But targeting search traffic and using SEO as the main focus for your YouTube growth is not gonna be the way to go viral. You're only gonna find people who are looking for you, who are looking specifically for what you have to offer. The bigger question here is how do you find the people that didn't even know that they needed what you're offering? Right? That's where the homepage comes in. And this is something that a lot of people forget about when they're trying to grow a YouTube channel. But I can tell you in the past few months, I have really switched my mindset from focusing on SEO as my primary growth tactic to focusing on getting on the homepage and the results have been really, really crazy to me. So let's talk about that. How can the YouTube homepage really help you grow? If you wanna see faster growth, you need to get your videos in front of people who would be interested but don't really know that your content is what they need yet, right? The best way to do this is by having YouTube recommend your videos on the homepage and in the suggested sections. This is key to getting more views, reaching a new audience and gaining subscribers. And obviously who doesn't want that? I saw this so clearly with a recent video that I posted called why you need to start a YouTube channel, not an Instagram, which really blew up. And I'm gonna be honest, I was quite surprised about that. I was kind of inspired to make a video about why YouTube is such a great platform to grow on specifically in opposition to Instagram, because I know a lot of people have been feeling really burnt out and frustrated with Instagram lately. So I thought, why not talk about my love for YouTube? But historically, my channel really is quite Instagram focused. And in the past, you know, that's what people clicked on. So I posted about Instagram. And when I would make videos about podcasting or YouTube, they would really, really underperform. So I didn't have high expectations for this video from the get go. But then I was shocked to see that this got that this video got so many more views within the first week than I am at all used to getting. On average, my videos range around 4,000 to 8,000 views in the first week of being live, so the first seven days of being published. Whereas this video about why you need to start a YouTube channel received a whopping 43,000 views in just seven days. Yeah, let's just let that soak in a bit. That's nearly 40,000 more than the typical range of views that I normally get. Even now, a month later, this video has reached 87,000 views. Do you think that's from search traffic? No, it's definitely not. There's no way that you would get 43,000 views in seven days simply from search traffic. There's something else going on here. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about YouTube analytics and kind of how to analyze where your viewers are coming from, and we're specifically gonna dive into this video a little bit further, but just in case you're new to YouTube analytics analysis, you can find these details by going to your YouTube studio, obviously clicking on the video that you want to look for the details on, and then if you go to the analytics tab at the top of like the analytics page for that video, you'll see the option for reach. You want to click on reach and from there you can scroll down and one of the first sections that youtube studio shows you is how viewers found this video this is going to be a really really helpful section to tell you where are your people coming from how did they come across this video so it's going to show you percentages from youtube search browse features, which includes traffic from the homepage and the subscription feed and other like browsing features on YouTube. And then suggested videos, which are the views from suggestions appearing like in that sidebar next to the video that the user's already watching. There are some more traffic sources listed, but those first few are definitely going to be at the top of the list. You're going to see your biggest numbers there. So let's just use this why you start a YouTube channel video as an example. We're going to look at how viewers found that video. So for this video specifically, 73.5% of my viewers came from Browse Features, so the homepage. 10% came from Suggested Videos, and 5% came from YouTube Search. So even though this title, it's actually not that bad when it comes to SEO optimization. It's literally why you need to start a YouTube channel. Some people are searching, start a YouTube channel, right? So it might pop up, but even still... Only 5% of my views are coming from YouTube search. There's another panel on the YouTube analytics reach tab that I think is really interesting when it comes to learning about how your video gets its views. And that's a section titled Impressions and How They Led to Watch Time. So it's basically like a funnel. And you can see that at the top of the funnel, you have your impressions. So you see how many people essentially saw your title and thumbnail. That's what impressions means. And for this one, 936,000 people saw my title and thumbnail. And there's a little bar there that shows you, okay, how did all these people see this? And 84% of those impressions came from YouTube recommending my content. That is a massive portion. Normally, I do not see 84%. Normally, I would tend to see, you know, maybe 30 to 40% of my impressions coming from YouTube recommending my content. So, uh, clearly... YouTube wanted to show this video to people on their homepage and then just to walk you down the funnel a little bit further so you can get a sense of it. So 936,000 people saw my video title thumbnail 7.1% of them clicked on the title and thumbnail. So that's my 7.1% click-through rate. And so then I got 66,000 views from impressions basically and... From there, we see that I had a 4 minute and 58 second average view duration, which led to a watch time from impressions of about 5 thousand hours. So anyway, that's just kind of a rough outline of some of the major stats that YouTube shows you right when you start diving into your analytics. And it's important to pay attention to those because obviously if YouTube is showing them to us that clearly, it means that they're pretty significant when it comes to how the algorithm is functioning. But just circling back to the main point of this exercise, I just wanted to point out you can see how significant getting recommended by YouTube is when like that's where So many of my views are coming from, right? Like I was saying, we got 73% from browse features, 10% from suggested videos, which suggested videos is partially recommendation partially SEO based. Uh, But anyway, you can see the vast, vast majority of my views are coming from YouTube recommending the video. And so that's why it can be so much faster, so much more effective to get your content served on the homepage and in other browse features rather than just entirely focusing on how can I show up in search. Okay. So at this point in the episode, you might be thinking, okay, Katie, that's all fine and good. The advice is get on the homepage, but like how do you get on the youtube homepage okay before really diving in to how we can get your videos served in front of your new potential subscribers it's really important that you understand the youtube algorithm it really works the same way as any other recommendation algorithm on social media youtube will take your video test it with an initial small audience to see what the click through rate on your title and thumbnail are and what the watch time for your video is Don't worry if you're unfamiliar, we're gonna talk about what these terms mean in more detail in just a second. But the whole idea is that YouTube wants to see how interesting and engaging your video is, aka how good is it at keeping people on their platform. And if your video performed well with that small test audience, they will distribute it to more people, more homepages. And if it continues to perform well in terms of click-through rate and watch time, they will keep showing it to more and more people. So that's the general flow That we see here so essentially as long as you can focus on getting a high click through rate and long watch time that should be consistent among these like test groups and so YouTube will show your video to more people if you can prove that people want to click on your video and people want to watch your video till the end so let's talk about these two metrics in a little bit more detail first up click-through rate this is probably one of the more important metrics because if you can't get someone to click on your video well None of the rest matters. They're obviously not going to watch to the end if they didn't even click on it. Click-through rate comes down to two things, your title and thumbnail. This is the biggest area where you need a mindset shift from search-based optimization to homepage-based optimization optimization. Your title doesn't need to be keyword stuffed. Instead, it's better to write it like a newspaper headline. Think about writing it in the most catchy and intriguing way possible. For example, let's just say I was going to make a video about how to grow an Instagram page for your podcast. It's a commonly asked topic. I know there's going to be interest here. If I was going to optimize this for search, which this is what I had been doing for years, this is how I would write the title. I might write something like, How to grow your podcast Instagram in 2022. Best tips for growing a podcast page. Right? That's how I would have thought about writing a title for search because I get how to grow your podcast. Best tips for growing a podcast page. Instagram is in there as well. Like all these important keywords, right? I would think, okay, I really want to include all that to have it show up in search. So that's kind of the search mindset when it comes to writing a title. But instead, what I'm suggesting you should do is think about it like you're writing a headline that you want to show up on the homepage to get people to click. So maybe I would write it like this. This is why your podcast page isn't growing on Instagram. Or even something like the method that got me 10k new followers this month. Do you hear the difference there? The first one tells the viewer exactly what to expect. Yes, it's gonna help it get surfaced in search queries. Yes, it's telling them exactly the value you're providing. But the other option gives a little mystery and intrigue. It encourages the viewer to click and learn more about how they can get this result or learn why their podcast page isn't growing. The big difference here, the first title speaks only to people that are specifically looking for that information. The second title speaks to people who might be interested in the video, but hadn't had that full form thought of like, I need to go look for how to grow my podcast page. But if they see something like the method that got me 10K new followers, they might click even if they weren't specifically looking for it in that moment. So essentially when you're using a attention grabbing and curiosity inducing title, you're gonna be able to capture not only the people that are looking for your video, but also the people that aren't looking for your video. So you're kind of widening your net a bit and you're also gonna do a better job at getting all of these people to click. Because even for somebody who's specifically looking for this information, the second format is a little bit more enticing, right? Now, your thumbnails should be curiosity-inducing too, and ideally include a different tagline or different text than your title. Really, your thumbnail is another chance to grab attention, and it shouldn't be wasted on making the exact same impact As your title, you kind of have two opportunities here, so make sure you use them both. Focusing on this sort of mindset around my click through rate, around like getting my videos further reach, has been a game changer for my channel. And I think this is really, really the primary thing that's helped me increase my views over the past few months. I made a really conscious decision in, I don't know, about like early to mid April. Look, I'm going to really try to work on my thumbnails, really make my titles interesting. And since then, I've seen a drastic growth in my reach and my views. And I've also been trying to pay attention to what works and replicating that. That's another important part of this process is taking a look at how things are performing, leaning into the things that work, and letting go of the things that don't. Okay, so that's click-through rate. And it is really, really important that you focus on increasing your click-through rate. I get asked a lot when I talk about YouTube strategy, well, what is a good click-through rate? And really it's about what's a good click-through rate for you? Like I think you wanna think about just improving your own numbers, but just to give you a sense of it, this video that performed really well for me, right now it's sitting at a 7.1% click-through rate. So that's like really good, especially for a month after the video is posted. My most recent video that I just uploaded two days ago, the click-through rate on it is 5.1% which is a little lower than my average, but still, you know, just fine. I would say anywhere between 5 and 10%, you can be pretty happy with that click-through rate. Anything above 10%, man, you're doing awesome. That's really, really good. It's also going to depend on your channel size. Obviously, the larger audience that you have you're probably going to start seeing a lower click-through rate because YouTube is going to be showing your video in more subscription boxes, more homepages of your subscribers. So you're going to naturally have higher impressions and a lower click-through rate. So if you have a really, really small channel, like for example my van life vlogging channel, I get click through rates there of like sometimes 25 or 50%, but that's because I'm only getting like 100 impressions and then I get like 50 views or whatever. So you're gonna get some really high percentages when you have a smaller channel, but once you start to grow, aiming between five and 10% click through rate, I think is really good. Okay, so now let's talk about watch time. Watch time is essential and the next step in the process of getting your video really surfaced on YouTube's home pages of your potential viewers. You don't want to work so hard to get someone to click on your video, like they love the thumbnail, the title is intriguing, and then they click on it, and then they only watch your video for two seconds. If that happens, YouTube is not gonna recommend your video. Fun YouTube history fact, back in the day, the algorithm was based almost entirely on click-through rate videos that got clicked on would get shown on more home pages and thus the birth of clickbait. Everybody realized that if they could just make their title and thumbnail something really enticing, then oh my gosh, viral. But people were starting to get annoyed with YouTube because everything they clicked on was not at all what they were expecting to see, right? So that's when watch time became a component in the algorithm because YouTube is basically checking to make sure, is your video what people are expecting it to be? So that's why it's really, really important that your title and thumbnail accurately depict what your video is about, otherwise you're gonna have terrible watch time and your video is gonna basically die in the algorithm. Okay, so how do we keep people watching your videos? Obviously step one is make sure that your video is what people are expecting it to be, but that's pretty easy to do. Step two, cut the fluff. Okay, and by that I basically mean make sure your video is not boring. I know that might sound harsh, but it's true. That's what I try to tell myself every time I'm editing. Since I kind of shifted my strategy a few months ago, I've become more and more ruthless when it comes to editing. I used to keep in everything that I would say because I'm like, oh, I went to the trouble of explaining this when I was filming. I should include it. No. Don't worry about that. If you start getting bored while editing, cut it out. You've gotta keep it fast paced and interesting. You really wanna keep your video pacey, moving forward, and make sure that you're always providing value. Another way to increase your watch time is also by focusing on those first few seconds of your video. You need to make sure that your intro is short, grabs your viewer's attention and teases everything that you'll talk about later in the video. These first few minutes of your video are critical for your overall watch time because if you can keep people engaged for the first like quarter or so of the video, chances are they'll keep watching to the end. If you've proven that you have some value and something interesting to share, people will tolerate slightly slower sections later on in the video because they've already invested this much into watching it. People are most likely to click away in those first few minutes. So make sure those first few minutes, no seconds, like literally your first 30 seconds are so interesting that they grab the viewer and really make them not want to click away. One of the best ways you can do this is make sure that your intro addresses the title and thumbnail in some way. I really like thinking about my title and thumbnail as like the intro sentence to my video. It's like the first part of your story, right? And then your intro of your actual video takes what your title and thumbnail already set up and runs with it. I think too many people revisit what the title and thumbnail is promising in the intro or they start off their intro slow by saying, hi, welcome back to my channel. In today's video, I'm going to be talking about blah, blah, blah. And you know what? You should be starting from the point of blah, blah, blah. Don't start with this whole slow, I'm going to be talking about this or that. They already know they saw the title and thumbnail. Just dive right into it. Cut out the whole intro stuff and especially... Don't bother with those, like, pre-created intro trailers that get bothersome for your returning viewers and can cause some people to just drop off the video before it even begins. Keep it short and sweet. Jump right into the value. I don't think you even need to bother saying, hi, my name's Katie. I mean... Maybe every so often it's good to throw that in there. I think it's just as helpful to dive right into the content and then, like, have a little uh, card pop up on the screen that, like, shows your Instagram handle or your Instagram grid, like, scrolling through it or something. That'll be enough to tell people who you are. They'll get a sense of who you are, what you do, and what your expertise is if you just dive into the content and let them know what's up. From there, I really think it's just about keeping the video high value like I said, cutting the fluff, and also showing a variety of visuals. If you want to include different B-roll clips, graphics, text popping up on the screen to explain your point, that will also help keep the viewer engaged. But at the end of the day, it's also really about knowing who your viewer is and what kind of content they like because everyone is different. And for me, for example, personally, when I watch some videos, like honestly, I don't watch a lot of social media guru videos because I like to experiment and do things for myself rather than hearing other people's advice. But when I do watch videos like that and people are bopping all over the place and there's a million different cuts and, you know, 17 different graphics popping up on the screen all at once, I personally get a little overwhelmed. That feels like a little bit too much for me. I feel like I'm watching like a children's TV show and I'm like, do you not trust me to have an attention span? And like, fair enough that they don't. Most people you know, don't have a very long attention span. But the point is, different audiences are different. I'm really a big fan of content on YouTube that's a little bit more like chill and aesthetic and calming. I mean, every so often I love something that's like high-paced too. But the point is, know your audience, know what they like. I know that people who watch my videos, they're obviously not here for a lot of like cheesy stock footage or really intense motion graphics or things bopping around the screen all the time. I know that people who watch my channel like a variety of visuals, which I try to provide by doing different scenes throughout the video, including some nicely shot b-roll and some helpful illustrative graphics every so often. Um, but I try not to like go overboard with it, because I think sometimes that can be tiring too. So the point is know who your audience is, know what they like, and then make sure that your video is engaging within those parameters. Okay, and one last bonus tip for you around what really is helpful in the YouTube algorithm. We talked about click-through rate, we talked about watch time, but then there's also this other third mystical component called watch session time. Basically, what this means is how long somebody spends on YouTube after they've watched your video. So YouTube is not only looking at, okay, did they click on the video? Did they watch the video to the end? But they're also asking, after they finished watching your video, how much more time did they spend on YouTube? Did they immediately exit the browser? Or did they binge like 10 more videos, spending hours extra on the platform, obviously watching more ads? YouTube prefers the latter, of course. They want you to encourage your viewers to keep spending time on the platform. So how can you do this? Like, how can you make sure that people don't just exit at the end of your video? Because if you can get a high session time, your video will also get more homepage limelight, right? So how can we do this? Number one, recommending videos at the end of your video now this doesn't even have to be your own video youtube just cares about keeping people on the platform not if they're watching your videos right of course it'd be great if they're watching your videos because you can get more views and more watch time and get more of your videos out on the homepage so it's great to recommend your own but a quick little tip for you if you are just starting out and you don't have a big library of content to recommend at the end of your video it doesn't hurt to recommend somebody else's video as well. First of all, it's always great to shout out another creator. We love that. But second of all, especially if you link to a video that is highly relevant from a creator that you know that your potential audience will like, you might actually kind of get a little bit of a boost because chances are that creator is a bit more experienced and they'll be really good at keeping people on the platform too, which will help extend your watch session time. So for example, way back in the day when I was kind of just getting started with some of these social media tips videos, I I made a video all about how to pose an Instagram photos. And at the end of the video, I said like, Hey, you know what? Like these are my tips, but I've actually learned a lot from Sorelle amore She makes some really great advanced selfie videos. Here's one. You should go check that out. And I actually found I had a super high end screen click through rate on that video. And that video kind of outperformed. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy because at the time I wasn't getting a lot of views, but that video did perform a little bit better than my others. And I think part of it was that I was able to get people to stay on the platform by going over and watching Sorel's videos. And obviously Sorel was super established, is a super established YouTuber, and was able to keep my few viewers also still on the platform so that really extended my watch session time so that's just a little hack to consider if there is a video that you've really enjoyed or that's helped you a lot from a youtuber that you think would be really good at keeping your viewers on the platform longer that can also help extend your session time okay but the second reason why you kind of want to focus on this is you can create binge worthy content that is going to help people stay on the platform learn more from you, build a better relationship with you, and it's obviously going to increase your views, your click-through rate, potentially your AdSense revenue across all of your videos. This is why so many people recommend picking a niche, right? Because if you can create videos that all apply to one audience, I'll talk about a topic that you're clearly an expert in, then people who find one video are likely to love all of them, right? Somebody comes to my channel, they learn about Instagram, There are so many other videos that they can learn more about Instagram from. The goal really is that if someone liked one of your videos, they'll love the rest of them, right? So then that can lead them to watching more of your videos, extending not only your watch session time, but this is also the best way to convert someone from a casual viewer to a subscriber. So if you have a bunch of videos that all serve the same audience, are in a similar style, talk about stuff in a similar topic area, I'm not saying you only need to talk about one thing, We could do a whole episode about the benefits and dangers of picking a very specific niche because boy, have I had an experience with that. But the point is, if your videos are connected enough that someone who likes one of them would like the rest of them, that can really help you with your watch session time. It can help you overall with your channel growth and gaining subscribers. All right, my friends, that is what works on YouTube in 2022. I know, I feel like I have been absolutely talking a mile a minute for the past half an hour, but I could talk so much more about YouTube because I really am obsessed with it. I've spent years trying to learn the secrets of the algorithm, figure out how to apply it to my own channel. And I'm still learning these things um, because I kind of feel like my next big challenge is figuring out how to truly grow a lifestyle or vlog based channel with Katie and Dan in a van. We'll see. I need to find the time in my life to do that first. But the point is, I have many observations about YouTube. I'm continuing to experiment with it. So I would love to keep sharing YouTube tips with you. Let us know over at Creator Club Podcast on Instagram, just send us a quick DM, comment on the most recent photo, whatever. Let us know if you want to hear more about YouTube strategy. We could definitely plan some more episodes for you about it. And if you are in the midst of growing a YouTube channel and you want some more resources, head over to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Katie, because I've recently launched a few more videos on the topic. We're talking about what works on YouTube in 2022, how to optimize your vlogs to make them more interesting, why you should start a YouTube channel all these different topics. So if you wanna learn more about that, head over to my YouTube channel to watch those. And of course, if you have a YouTube channel and you're needing some help with your editing or your strategy, Check out our YouTube services over at Creatorly Media. Just visit creatorlymedia.com slash services. You can see all of the details about how we can help you on your YouTube channel over there. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club Podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at Creatorly Media on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we wanna know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.